which isn't always pleasant. Like I say, creating is not always a pleasant process. And we shouldn't assume that, that everyone who does this kind of thing is in some kind of sublime state because they're not. But, you know, there's all sorts of struggles and, and frustrations that go hand in hand with it. But I think your, your capacity to deal with that and see it through and see it through to the end is what matters. They're suffering, they're either depressed or they're anxious. They've got something up with them and they're creative people, but all of a sudden, for whatever reason, they can no longer be creative anymore. I've actually spoken to a friend of mine recently as well, who's like, since taking this particular journey, uh, he, he was a brilliant writer, since taking this journey, he can no longer write, he's got writer's block. And I've seen people across all different creative things talking about this, but like, I can't do it anymore. You know, so, it's, so it could be writer's block, it could be I can no longer paint, or I just don't have the energy for it anymore. Whatever's connecting you to that creative impulse seems to have, have gone. So. You know, how can people get that back? I'd probably approach that by thinking in a biopsychosocial way, actually. You mentioned about um, maybe they're just, you know, they're just too exhausted even to do anything. Um, I mean, you, you if you start at the bottom with the chassis mm. and make sure that you're at optimum physical health, that's probably a good place to start. Um, because everything else springs from that. I mean, obviously, some people do create when they're exhausted, um, and they they drive themselves, and they, they they push and push and push. And I think when that happens, again, we get into the realm of the red shoes, where you know there, there may be some creating going on, but it's it's in the wrong direction or it's excessive and it's going to just, you know, it's not necessarily going to have a very good outcome. So I think although people do create and do push themselves to create when they're exhausted, it's probably nonetheless a bad idea. So I think that would be a good starting point. And obviously I don't know the background to, to some of the people who were um, are complaining of this, but I think you have to at least try and address that. Then of course, there's the psychological side of it. And from my own experience, I would say that creating isn't always a pleasant experience. Um, it can be fraught with frustration. Um, it can be interrupted by a whole manner of things, including just everyday life. And I think where that happens, it can, it can be very, very difficult to apply yourself very difficult indeed but i think if you think every, everybody else is out there and just doing it naturally day upon day upon day without any kind of a break or any kind of um uh what would be the right word um any kind of inhibition to doing it then you, you're probably fooling yourself i think i think everyone who creates goes through difficult times so I think you need to, if you are feeling that way, look at how you can find the reserves, again, presuming that you, you're properly rested and all that's taken care of, to overcome that resistance in yourself, to make that, that final effort, if you like, if it's something that, say, um, not, necessarily, not necessarily something that you haven't started yet, but something that you might have already started, but you find difficult to complete, to make that extra effort to do that. I mean, I, I, for, my, for my own understanding of it, I'd probably refer it back to the, the handmade life again. And this idea that you have to work at it, you have to craft it, sometimes even when you don't feel like it. 
or it might be that um, you're surrounded by people, by, by family, by friends who don't allow you the space to create or make it difficult for you to create. So you might have to reappraise some of those things, some of those relationships. And then thirdly, we think about the, the social environmental aspects of things. Uh, you might have to look at the place in which you're doing the creating, whether or not that's conducive for you to create in. You know, could you improve the environment in which you create in some way to facilitate that? So I think if you take a systems approach to it um, and therefore look at, you know, what level you might be experiencing a block, it might be all all three or it might just be um, focused in one but having ramifications in the other I think that's probably a good place to start if you at least have a framework in which to try and understand why you're stuck in the first place mm, I like I that would, I don't know how it would affect you stick because you write as opposed to mm. to draw but I don't know that you would you say you experience writer's block you I've not I've not seen that in you. You're no. pretty yeah. engaged with the process, aren't you? Yeah, I think um, how I tackle that is different to perhaps the question. If you if you know what I mean, um, it's a little bit like when dreams dry up. Uh, <coughs> I, I would think um, if, if you're working clinically with someone and then there's a whole series <coughs> of dreams and they just stop, uh, there's a resistance then obviously from the psyche to giving you anything at that point and it's almost like a right what now from you so you have to do something to kick that off that the psyche is then prepared to say that you've integrated that lesson you can move on so i think it's something similar but not necessarily the same answer there's probably a resistance in the material in other words in the medium that uh, that the creator is working with and if someone's embarking on as you say this journey and they find their creativity has started to attenuate it's probably because the libido that was going into the creativity has shifted over into this and if that's not realized and integrated as such they'll worry about the creativity stopping and not be more should we say happy with the idea that they're making progress in another way so if they want to get the creativity back, then they should link the creativity to the process because that's what the psyche seems to be saying. It's saying that when you were doing it before, you weren't actually moving on, but now you are because you're definitely committed to this, this path. So libido ducted away. If you then bring the creativity in mm. sync with what you're doing, it will probably unfold again and you'll find that you're going like this rather than like that. Mm. So if you connect it to your journey, consciously in a relaxed accepting way uh, and there are simple ways of doing this using imagery using techniques that, that you're familiar with for example james about logging on and accessing the psyche in a completely open way if we think about the way we were discussing um active imagination and hypnosis in another little short podcast that we did um it's similar to that, you know, if you ask in the right way, you'll get a helpful response. But if you generate further fantasy, which is an ego fantasy that stands between you and the unconscious, it won't like it. Uh, it'll just let you run away with a merry dance and you won't get where you want to go. Uh, if you speak to it on its own terms, which is a very different thing, 
uh, you, you're likely to get a response. And one of the best ways of doing that is to step, step back and say, what's happened? But what's happened is creativity has stopped for a while at least. But you've changed yourself. You're doing something that's different. Does that mean that these two things are completely separate? Were they on parallel lines? Have I neglected one and developed the other? I would go with this hypothesis, the last one, that you've neglected one and moved forward without it. <coughs> so test that as an experiment and say, I'll incorporate this with what I'm doing now consciously and gently just signal to the psyche internally that that's your intention to use the creativity on this journey and ask it to allow you to do it. Literally ask it to allow if you do that, you're paying it respect. If you start demanding like a child who says, it's all stopped, what's going on? You know, won't listen to you. You can transfer not only externally in terms of your, your ego and, and its frustrations and its adaptations and maladaptations externally onto someone. You can also transfer onto the objective psyche on the inside. You can literally tra transfer your own frustrations at that. And it will know because it will treat that as disrespect and this is something which which is an insight that does come from long experience with hypnotherapy the right kind of hypnotherapy that, that, that's connected i haven't so far had a writer's block no, at all i, I don't recall that not at all uh, and, no. and that's like with a lot of novels and a lot of scripts and very very intense experience and i believe that that's because i did not treat it as something separate to the rest of my work it was part of the work mm. and because I allowed the creativity to come through and express itself, but in concert with an intention not to control the creativity so it's a process, but there is an outcome of which I am unfamiliar, but I'm offering to act as a medium for the creativity to come out and express itself. Then you're not offering any ego resistance and it'll just come through. So that, that's a hypothesis that if it were me, I would test. Mm. But you do apply yourself. Oh, yeah, when you set out to do it, you do apply yourself and, and you do, yeah. you keep going until it's completed. Oh, I do. Yeah, you, I, you don't do. just get part way through and no. shelve something no. and leave no. it and come back six no. months later. No. You see it through. In fact, the expression that you use, it's a bit like eating a porcupine. Oh, yeah. You, which you, is a useful yeah. one. The, the, that's a, it's, it's a bit of self talk, that, yeah. if you like. Yeah, it's pretty or, 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 or the, uh, when people ask me yeah. what it's like, I, yeah. I say it's like eating a porcupine but you can't stop once you start until yes. you've eaten and digested every one of yeah. those quills. Yes. And that's not disrespectful to the psyche. That's like saying, I know you're putting me under that pressure. Mm. And, and that's the, the image that, that, that I use to myself and use to justify the process to others in a brief form to say they understand I have to go through this, the, the, this process. Mm. So um, that's an engagement with the psyche. Now, if it were a different kind of writing, if it were, you know, not creative as such, but it was a task yeah. that was imposed by a third party, say, um, and it was like, you have to do this because you do, because you're going to meet whatever responsibility, I'd feel a lot more inertia over that. Because my unconscious is probably going to say, no, you're not going to do that. You're going to be creative because we're insisting, we as in it and all the elements in the unconscious, are going to insist that you do that and we won't let you do anything else until you've done what we want you to do. And if you resist, we'll make you neurotic. You know, there's, there's that side of, of the mm. creative process as well. Yeah, and there's that side of it as well with uh, just general work that I found too. 
So you, this, this is a massive part of procrastination, I think, to sort of bring that in as a little element. So I've been asked to talk about that as well. Yes. A lot of, a lot of that is... Yeah, yeah, like like we, we have the assumption that you can sit and you can do a task, but that's an assumption. And I've noticed that that's, it's not something you can really do. Like if I, if I you know, took, I, I don't know, I'll use, use my mother as an example, right? She's never liked science and I always have liked science. If I said to her, you, you have to learn science, she's not going to do it. No matter what the incentive is, unless, you know, I, I gave her a proper threat, she wouldn't do it. Because her psyche's going, no. And, it's, and it's, it's the same thing with me with, say, painting or something like that. Yeah. It's mm. like, no, it's just not going to happen. I, I want to make a point, though, on, on psychological stress as well, because this is something that's come up in my own therapeutic work. You know, because Pauline, you were saying about the biopsychosocial model and there's all this, you know, you need to recharge biologically. Yes. And of course, this is hot off the heels of the Charing Cross method, of course, which will help you do that. Yes. You can also have stress psychologically, because if someone, I was thinking it's sort of meta terms with this mm. if someone's reaching out to write us a comment like several people have in terms of creativity which is why we're making this video then they presumably they're in a state where they really want help yes right and so if they really want help to the point where they're actually going to reach out to us which of course we're honored that they'd want to do that yes. there's probably a lot of psychological stress that's actually built into them not doing the creativity which is quite similar to what you're saying steve where the energy is going to be ducting off elsewhere so it's all, it's all those other things to sort of relax into the process as well yeah you definitely can't force yourself to do things. I've, I've learned that. It's just, it's, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Well, yes, but it's also equally easy to be distracted into other things that might appear to be more appealing at a given time. So, uh, you know, I think as we've said before and other things, it's like, you know, look over here, the sparkly thing that's happening over here. Um, because to actually have to apply yourself to your craft is, is an effort. It's something that you, to some extent, you you have to overcome your own resistance to doing that when something else, you know, is being proposed that you might feel um, is more appealing in the moment. So what do you do? You, you know, you, you have a choice to make at that point. And if you choose to go over there and engage with the sparkly thing, then there's a tendency to neglect your craft. Uh, or to procrastinate and say, well, oh yeah, I'll do this. I'll do this other thing now because I feel that that's what I want to do. It might make me feel better. And I'll come back to the, the drawing, the writing, the painting, the whatever, you know, next week or next month or whatever. And, and before, you know, two, six months down the road or longer and you haven't applied yourself. So I, I do think that idea of application, of continuing to craft, because that's part of the handmade life. It's about how much of yourself you invest in something. Is a very important idea. It, it's, um, I guess it's akin to a kind of a self-discipline really, isn't it? Which isn't always pleasant. Like I say, creating is not always a pleasant process. No. And we shouldn't assume that, that everyone who does this kind of thing is in some kind of sublime state because they're not. No. But, you know, there's all sorts of struggles and, and frustrations that go hand in hand with it. But I think your, your capacity to deal with that and see it through and see it through to the end is what matters. Yeah. And, and it will, uh, it won't, but it won't be an element of forcing. If you what I mean, to try and make that kind of distinction, because your you, creativity is going to come out of you anyway. And as you're saying, it doesn't have to be a, a pleasant thing, but you're mm. meant to do it. If it's true mm. creativity, that's my understanding anyway, is you're kind of, you're meant to do it. Right, rather than yes, but doing it doesn't a mean it. Thing. Yeah, but it doesn't mean it doesn't come without a struggle. Sure, definitely. 
and that might mean some kind of wrestling with yourself it might mean that you have to prioritize you know certain things in your life in a different way in order to do it it might mean that there are people around you who are toxic to you who are preventing you from doing it who don't appreciate what you're doing uh, or the time you need to spend on it and you might need to cut loose from them in some way or you might simply need to assert the fact that you need the time to do what you need to do or you're going to yeah. become ill in some way or, or, or so frustrated that you know life won't be worth living anyway um so I, I think you have to look at it from all angles and see the kinds of things that might be impediments and do your best to clear them out of the way but also like i say not to have rose colored glasses on um about these things because nothing of any value really comes without some kind of a struggle i mean i've i, I know myself when i've been drawing and I, I've, I've kind of reached an impasse um and you know, I thought, oh God, I just like, I'm so sick of this. I just, I just like to give up and give up now. And very often at the point of resignation of actually saying, right, I'm going to give up now and doing it in, in this way, something else comes through unexpected that breathes new life into it. You know, you suddenly get a new angle on things or, I mean, for example, um, people who paint and draw, sometimes literally uh in the process of painting or drawing they'll turn they'll rotate their work round either on the table or the easel or wherever they happen to be working just to get a new perspective so if i'm doing portraits for example i'll often turn it upside down and then you, you see it from a literally see it from a whole new angle and then you can it, that can breathe fresh life into it and off you go on your way again so there are all sorts of things I think that you can do and that you can attend to, to make that creative experience better for yourself and to make it flow better and more easily. Notwithstanding, like I say, the, the, the difficulties that, that are inherent in that process anyway.